Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welsh. I'm the sports editor of Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Kendrick Johnson and Devin Hassan. You know, guys, we have spent all year talking about just your uh, your team sports, your standings-based sports, your footballs, volleyballs, basketballs, soccers, baseball, and softball. This right now, though, is, I think, bar none, the busiest time oh, okay. of year for us as far as high school sports coverage goes. You know, because even though the podcast might be dominated by soccer talk and baseball and softball, we right now have track tennis and golf all in their respective postseasons and I mean last week we had every one of those sports going on at once (laughs) I mean it made for some hectic hectic hours last week but um, nevertheless yeah we're going to I guess shine some light on some of those uh, the more solo sports for the springtime talk some track talk some golf talk some tennis some of the sports that we don't necessarily get to devote a ton of time to on the podcast and um, of those sports you know track certainly has a ton of fanfare around at this time of year the state meet is just going to test you were there a couple years ago Kendrick state meet is always a happening time down in Austin, so um, the uh, the district meets are uh, for the most part are in the books. I mean, I know you got districts like I think six six A is running theirs actually this weekend, part of it. So um, but nevertheless, yeah. So we um, you know, we all got to see our um, you know, several of our schools last week in the district meets. So um, let's just talk some observations, as um, we always tend to have a pretty lively turnout from our markets at the state track meet. Um, you know, Devin, you were out covering uh, the happenings out in District Eleven six A. Certainly, always a uh, a happening time for uh, for Mesquite ISD. So just kind of what were some of the big takeaways from what happened at, um, at the 11-6A meet? Uh, well, it was a fun one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in terms of the team competition, uh, Mesquite, on the boys' side, it came down to the final event for the fi- for the second straight year. And uh, in the 4x4, four four, Mesquite uh, catches Horn in that race and catches okay. him in the standings uh, to win. But, you know, it's – and people don't, like, focus on this area uh, in terms of as a track and field hotbed. But uh, just the teams that I've covered in recent years have had some of the best sprinters oh, yeah. in the state. I mean, with Joseph Sheffield out at Rally. And Nick Alexander and Devin Duvernay at Saxe and and Kaylor Harris at Horn, who not only won the hundred, won the you know hundred hurdles, which is a is a tough feat. Um, so we've had a lot of great sprinters, and that's just in the last couple of years. Um, and over at Horn, Caleb Boger, he mm. could be the next in that uh, in that group. Uh, won comfortably uh, in the hundred meters uh, and in the two hundred meters, ten point four five in the hundred. It's not among the fastest, but he didn't really have to exert himself either. It was one of those, you know, hey, just let's get through to this next one. Uh, I think he's kind of one of those that's going to peak as they go on. Yeah. Uh, but he also, um, I guess, that Mesquite four by two uh, is an interesting group. Caleb Boger runs the the uh, the anchor there with Jaquinnon Moore, Robert Davis, Devin Davis. Uh, that group won that race by a full two seconds. So uh, Mesquite has, has got some sprinters. They've got some speed. Uh, we'll see what happens at the uh, area meet here in, two, in a couple weeks. 
A um, couple other things to, to watch on the boys' side. Uh, Quay John Fuller, uh, who won the 400 for a horn uh, mm-hmm. last year, uh, did so again uh, on Friday night in pretty dominant fashion. He's a kid that uh, I think will make it to the regionals and can make a run at state. Okay. Uh, on the girls' side, uh, Lataja Jackson uh, in the 200 and 400. This is a, a girl who, as a sophomore, ran with that powerhouse relay uh, group that I mentioned earlier with Kayla Harris uh, that won, had the fastest time in the nation and won gold in, in Austin. Uh, but she's, she's flying solo uh, in the 200 and 400, but very solid times in both. Uh, look for her to be a contender to get to state. And the Mesquite girls, 4x200, won very easily uh, by four <laughs> seconds uh, oh. out there. This is a group. That was, that was very comfy. Yeah, I, and, I mean, this is group Destiny Lawrence, Jennifer Godfrey, mm-hmm. Cassandra Njoku. Uh, they all went to state last year on the 4x200. They graduated Dodge Wheeler. They added Diamond Presley Hill. They've seen even better times this year. So uh, I believe they finished seventh last year, so they were off the medal stand. Mm-hmm. But with three of those four girls back and with the times they've been posting, um, you know, I think there's several Mesquite ISD 6A containers to get to state. Uh, we'll learn a lot more about 10 6A uh, later today because yeah. uh, they are one of the late districts to run. Um, you know, Sprowlett had a pair of relays uh, make the make the state tournament last year. Jerry Evans and Lance Canyon uh, returned to that four by four this year. Uh, Saxe's had some some nice stories throughout the year. You know, people sometimes use Texas relays relays as a barometer. If you're a state contender, yeah. they go to the Texas relays. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Jacoby Jones in the pole vault, Cameron Quinn in the hundred, uh, Braylon Brooks in the long jump. Uh, they all competed down in Austin a couple weeks ago, so that's obviously their eye in states as well as Ryan Jones, who set a school record in the discus. So again, we'll learn a lot more uh, about this uh, about this group uh, later on today. But uh, several state contenders at the six A level. I hadn't seen them the guys from our level in track, but I saw them in football. Jerry Evans went back the first kickoff <laughs> yeah. return at uh, MISD history. Mm-hmm. He went like ninety one yards and did he didn't make a single move. He just was straight run. And then you look on his Twitter, catch me on the track running four threes. Yeah, uh, he's, yeah, he's legitly fast. That guy can fly. Yeah, and he's a multi event kid too. Mm-hmm. I was um so I was out at the uh, the district nine six a track meet and one thing these meets are so long <laughs> twelve <laughs> hours oh yeah yeah I was and I was there from the very start you know they got things rolling at like around like eleven a.m. or whatnot and yeah I mean it's but I'm a, I like track that was my spring sport in high school when I wasn't uh, wasn't playing basketball so I don't know I dig track so but nevertheless uh, the big story coming away from the district nine six eight meet was the resurgence of the Plano East uh, track program especially on the boys side the boys won their first district title since two thousand eleven. Um, and they led wire to wire during the running finals. Um, and you look at kind of where they uh, kind of paved their road to victory. And it was very, it's a very familiar formula. When you look at how Plano East has fared in the past, um, they dominate those sprints. They got some speed over at Plano East. They have for years, thinking all the way back to, you know, the days when you had Jennifer Madu and Madison Hansen on the girls' side. I mean, Jennifer Madu almost won a state title for the, for the entire team by herself, almost <laughs> did. Um, and then Corey Bassett, Chris Entry on the boys' side. Plano East always has strong sprints, and they've really kind of boosted back up in that area in recent years, um, and you look at guys who are chiefly responsible for that, like Tyler Owens, you know Trey, uh, Trey Jones, Scott. You know those two guys respectively won the 100 and the 200. Um, plus, were um, you know part of the uh, the two victorious four by one and four by two relays. Um, with Owens, I mean Owens is on that short list of names that you really got to seriously monitor as far as being on that state championship radar. Um, you know he has the uh, I believe the nation's number three time in the hundred per Athletic.net, um, and you know he. 
this didn't come out of nowhere. You know, he was, I mean, he was tearing it up last season too, but, you know, he had a bit of an injury late in the season that kind of held him back in the, in the, uh, in the postseason. Um, but he has just been just dominating this, uh, you know, this season. And you had, that was uh, the 100 on the boys' side was kind of the marquee event heading into the district meet last, uh, you know, last week because it was going to be Owens versus Kyron Cumbie <laughs> over at Plano, you know, two of the fastest kids in the state. Um, Saw you know, them on Friday nights. Yeah, yeah, they were, oh, yes. And, um, you know, Kyron Cumbie, he made it to state last year. Um, and um, But Owens, with just the momentum that Owens has had, it was just fascinating to see the first of what will hopefully be several encounters between those two during the postseason. Owens got the better of Cumbie in that one. Um, and then, um, you know, Trey Jones Scott won the 200, also beating, you know, Kyron Cumbie, which, again, no small feat because Kyron Cumbie is one of the fastest human beings I've ever seen at the high school level. Um, and But just seeing those relays, because Plano East won both of them in fairly convincing fashion, and, you know, with Owens being the anchor of that, it's, it feels like if Plano East has a lead after that heading into that anchor leg that it is just it's over <laughs> because it just seems I mean Owens is just so difficult to catch in that final during that home stretch such a great straight line runner and um, yeah I know he had a standout meet the entire program did I mean you look at a and one thing that's also neat to see is for track like the programs that prioritize getting their football players involved and you look at that uh, that sprint relay for Plano East you had Braylon Henderson Trey Jones Scott Josh Allison Tyler Owens all standouts from the football team um, but yes you know Plano East was able to to uh, you know, rack up a, a district title. They almost had a uh, almost had a sweep because the Plano East girls were actually in position to potentially win it um, in their side. And then Allen mounted a furious comeback over the uh, over the last uh, the last four races. Allen won three of the final four, including the four by four relay. Which I mean, that is no small feat too, considering that meant beating McKinney Boyd. McKinney Boyd had I guess the top time in the region in that event heading into the meet. And then Allen was able to piece together a strong um, you know anchor anchor leg by. Uh, freshman favor uh, Ekinyanwu, a last name that is very synonymous <laughs> with success in the 400. And, um, and when it comes to Allen Track, um, that's a young relay for Allen too. And, you know, their uh, you know head coach afterwards was telling me that uh, I mean they've got three freshmen on that relay, <laughs> so wow. to be able to come through in that moment and really just kind of put an exclamation point on their comeback. They were trailing East in the standings. I want to say by as many as 31 points, and um, yeah, they just chipped away there. And then from the 200, um, uh, from the 200 on, they uh, I mean it was just a great closing stretch for Allen, who wins its second district title in three years. Um, some other notable takeaways from that, you had um, Prosper had a really strong showing on the girls' side. You know, whereas Allen and Plano East are kind of the story of this one, they were the only schools that had both the boys and the girls' teams uh, break 100 points. Um, both of them, I should say. Um, you had Prosper Girls also cracked 100, and um, they had some really significant performances in their own right, including one from a freshman in the 1600, Aubrey O'Connell. Um, this just it really jumped out at me because you have Aubrey O'Connell going up against Ashlyn Hilliard with Plano, who's one of the top distance runners in the state. You know, she won a state championship in, uh, in cross country <laughs> this past, and she's um, you know she's she won the 3200 earlier in the meet, and you know is a a strong strong runner in the 1600 as well. O'Connell was kind of in the lead most of the way, and then you could see Hilliard start to kind of chip away and close in on her over that um, that last lap. And then O'Connell just pulls away for the home stretch and even laps a girl before crossing the finish line. <laughs> just a freshman, so just a very, very impressive performance by her. And then um, you had McKinney Boyd, Kendrick, which we can now segue into some more McKinney talk. Just for whatever reason, Boyd always seems to be strong in those mid-distance runs, the 400 especially. So, I mean, we talked earlier, I mean, the 4x4 relay is kind of their signature event. It has been for a while. But then you look at um, you know Charlie Bartholomew and Kalei 
Saleh Ali, they both won the uh, the 400. So McKinney Boyd once again thriving in those mid-distance runs. And then um, you know, obviously when you think McKinney ISD track and field, it starts with McKinney North though. McKinney North probably, I would say pound for pound, that has been the most successful program, at least in recent years, of any that we cover. Props to Jessica, Coach Jessica Richards. Not one, but two state titles. And last year was supposed to have been a transition year and they got state runner-up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a, a solid run that North is in the midst of right now. And um, you know the Bulldogs, both boys and girls, took care of business over in the 10-5 Amy. Just kind of talking about, about where North is at right now, heading so, into the postseason. Just like I said, dominance. Try this on for dominance. The boys won their eighth consecutive district title, and the girls won their sixth consecutive district that title. That is consistency. <laughs> and the thing is, um, Coach Richards and Coach Melvin Crosby for the boy on the boys' side, mm-hmm. they always do with the cast of characters that they change it up. But it's crazy; they keep everything balanced. Like they always have somebody coming through the pipeline, um, through the sprint side. Mm-hmm. Um, on the girls' side, they lost Janiah Martin, who's running at A um, and M, and on um, Julia Montabuki the year before, who's running at A and M. Who just won the Big Twelve championship? Oh yeah, and they replaced her um, with um, a girl named Brooke Givens. Brooke won the one hundred and the two hundred. What do you find like people like that just mm-hmm. laying around? <laughs> I think she's a junior, so she's got a couple years. Yeah. You run in twenty three sevens and eleven sevens, you got a shot yeah. to, to get to Austin. Especially in this region. And then, of course, you've got London Colbert. Everybody, if you don't know this lady, Google her on YouTube. She has You'll never find lost. plenty of videos. <laughs> she has never lost a race. Yeah. She's going to her third year. I would consider her the best long-distance runner in the state. And she's one of the top in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, she's won the 65 meets and counting. And she currently has the 3,200 um, state record for any classification in the state. And you know how your time's kind of like, you know how they, I guess they call it in track, stretching it out. Mm-hmm. So I guess she, you're not running your best in district. She ran a 503 mile. So, so we're just warming up. That's just warming up. God. And then um, her mom, her time for the um, for the 3200 was 1110. Just warming up. So you got people like that to build around. And then on the boys' side, props to Noah Ford. He's the guy that came on during football season. I covered the North program. I had never heard of him. He kind of came out the blue. Mm. This man took took home the high jump. He was on one of the relay teams. He won the 110 meters. Wow. He put in some work. How <laughs> <laughs> to see, I mean, yeah, when you're excelling in both relays, a yeah. hurdle and a high, that's why, yeah, you don't yeah. see too many athletes exactly. that can split their dominance across that. Yeah. That kind so that's of, uh, the type of athletes that McKinney North's working with, but that region um, that they're in um, is definitely going to be tough. But I, pu- I expect to see quite a few um, Bulldogs and Lady Bulldogs in Austin mm-hmm. this year once again. You can't see the foundation already. Also on the 5A level, Devin, I know you got some fun happenings over with uh, a couple of your yeah. other Mesquite schools. Yeah, real briefly, you know, at West Mesquite and Poteet, you know, they've been dealt some bad realignment hands in terms <laughs> of certain sports. It's yeah. like when you go talk to somebody, the golf coach or the tennis coach, and you've got you know, the same bitch as Highland Park, they just go, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, in track, it's Lancaster. Yeah. So, oh. I mean, it's, you know, this is a link. Since 2000, Lancaster, the boys and girls have combined for 18 state championships. I mean, and, and they're just so deep, and they're yes. so good. And, you know, again, they ran away with the district title again. Um, but the thing about going against such a heavyweight is you may finish second at district, and you may be the second fastest in the region because Lancaster's yep. got that kind of quality of athletes. So, um, you know, no shame in finishing second or third uh, in district to, to some of these Lancaster kids because they do it every year. Um, you know, West Mesquite's got a couple of interesting sprinters. Uh, Amaya Jackson-Clark won the 100. Uh, Ty Jordan uh, finished second in the 100. And he's part of that um, 
four by one hundred along with uh, Jaquez Henderson, Jamal Clemens, Aaron Lowe uh, that went a very close race against Lancaster. I think you know those those sprinters have a chance to to make some noise in terms of going forward. And then for Potite, uh, a couple athletes to watch that actually made it to the state tournament uh, last year uh, by win. Of course, uh, I remember seeing know, yeah, yeah, she uh, she made it in the shot put, just barely missed out on the discus. Uh, she's really been rolling um, this season so far. Uh, I think she's, you know, is, is a favorite to make it back in the shot put, but I think she she legitimately has a good case to make it in both mm-hmm. uh, this year. And Dorian Morris is really the kind of the curious one to watch. Uh, he finished second in the 400 last year uh, at state, but he's been banged up all season. And he's not really had a chance to race here until the last couple weeks. Uh, he finished third district uh, to get through, but he, his time was uh, 50.20. Keep in mind, he ran a 4.799 wow. at state last year. Mm-hmm. So his health, you know, he's got a couple weeks to rest before the area, you know, for a week to rest before the area meets. Um, again, he's riding in the form. I'm not sure how healthy he is, but he was a guy uh, kind of looking at uh, at the preseason based on what he did last year that was a, a medal stand contender once again and maybe take that next step mm-hmm. to earn gold. So hopefully Dorian's health is, you know, he's getting healthy uh, at the right time and, uh, you know, it will if you can make that jump from uh, district to, to area in terms of dropping time, that you know means he's getting healthier and has a good chance to get back to Austin. That is, uh, that is some track talk. Obviously, we're still just getting rolling. we got tennis. We have golf still on the docket. But speaking of track, that is a nice way to segue for our student-athlete spotlight. I mentioned Plano East and their, uh, their resurgent season. One of the big reasons why is the presence of Tyler Owens, who's committed to the University of Texas as a football player. He's also one of the top sprinters in the country. Uh, Taylor Raglan had a chance to stop by Plano East to talk with Tyler on his uh, standout senior campaign. And we'll see what Tyler had to say after a word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. How's it going, everybody? Taylor Ragland out here at Plano East with uh, Plano East senior sprinter uh, Tyler Owens. Um, man, I guess the, the obvious question for you is, is you guys had a really good performance at the district meet. Uh, a lot of you uh, football guys out there uh, running track and, and getting stuff done. You guys won the meet. So, um, you know, what's kind of uh, the thing you like most about track and how do you feel like it kind of uh, keeps you in shape in the offseason for football? Well, I like, I really like track because, you know, I get to compete. You know, that's the way any sport, but it really helps me with, you know, my speed, developing it. And that really gives me an edge in football. So, I mean, I really like What's kind of uh, maybe the main difference, I guess? I mean, obviously, you know, track is, is straight line and, and speed and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, when you're out there, uh, you know, getting mentally ready for track and, and getting mentally ready to run, what's kind of the difference between that and, and how you get up for football games? It's really, like, more taxing on my body because, you know, football is, like, short bursts. But, like, while I'm running track, it's like you have to maintain that energy for the whole race. And um, I really think that helps with my bursts, really, because, you know, develop my muscles and stuff like that. You know, you're getting a lot of pub and, and kind of a lot of hype uh, with track this season. Um, you know, one of the best times in the nation in the 100. Um, obviously doing well in districts and, and some pretty high expectations moving forward. But uh, I know that you were kind of hurt toward the end of track season last year. It held you back a little bit. So, you know, how excited are you to kind of be healthy and, and be running your best and, and have some uh, some high hopes, I guess, heading into uh, area and, and beyond? You know, I've always been wanting to have a healthy track season since, like, my sophomore year I've been getting. I these little nagging injuries, but... Um, this year, you know, I'm really hopeful, you know, because I get to race against, like, some of the fastest people. I got a taste of that, a taste of relays. And um, I'm really hoping to meet him again and have a better you know, race. 
What's kind of your expectation for uh, you know the rest of, of the track postseason when you when you think about you know kind of your hopes and, and getting ready for uh, for your meets coming up? What's kind of your expectation and goals and, and what do you think you can accomplish this year? Well, I don't plan on losing the race. You know, I just want to win everything I'm in. But you know, I plan on like improving my time that is already like at. But um, yeah, I just want to keep going up in here. As far as, you know, kind of your performance so far, we talked about, you know, uh, some really good races, um, you know, winning pretty much everything uh, through uh, through districts and all that good stuff. So, you know, right when you're lining up and, and getting prepped and, and getting ready to go for especially the 100, what's kind of going through your mind and, and how do you get mentally ready, I guess, right before that gun goes off? Um, it's really just, you know, pre- preparation throughout the week. But um, when I'm on the line, it's like that butterfly, especially when I'm in desperation against like fast people like Kyra and Plano and uh, Matthew Bowen from Houston and stuff like that. There's a lot of, uh, as I mentioned, a lot of you football guys that, that run track out here at East. How important is it to you and, and how cool is it for you to have a, a school and an athletics department that really encourages you guys to run track and, and kind of be well-rounded and, and play more than one sport? Um, it's really like a bonus because, I mean, if I didn't have my coaches teach me like about track and stuff, I wouldn't be where I have probably because track really did get me out there and um, it really does help with football. Yeah, speaking of football, obviously, uh, you know, you're wearing the you're wearing the Texas shirt. Um, you know, a big uh, football future ahead for you. Uh, have you talked to them at all about about maybe running in college, or is it going to be football from here on out? Oh, yeah, they definitely talked to me about running track in college. Um, they feel like it would help me just like these coaches here, but um, I haven't really decided if I'm going to run but, I mean, if, it might be fun experience, so I'm just going to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess moving through, you know, your last season and, and like I said, uh, you know, the expectations for, for track and, and trying not to drop a race and all that good stuff, what's one thing you feel like, um, you know, memory-wise or, or kind of moment-wise that you want to accomplish and, and something you can take away as you uh, wrap your East career up? Um, I like to, you know, make as many memories with my teammates. Like, winning district, we didn't do that in a minute, so... Um, that was a really good, like, really special moment for me and my teammates for our senior year. Absolutely. And I just want to keep like, making moments like that possible. Absolutely. All right, Tyler, I appreciate it. Uh, that's all from out here at Plano East. Uh, we'll get back to the podcast, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Thanks again to Tyler Owens for taking the time to chat with Taylor for our Student Athlete Spotlight. And from Talking Track, let's shift gears and discuss some action on the tennis court, a sport which I'm learning you guys have quite a bit of experience outside of the office playing. Former former Carol Dragon. That's right. (laughs) Basically Rafael Nadal. (laughs) So is JT, apparently. So, uh, yeah. with Joker when I'm on the court. (laughs) (laughs) With all this experience that I got surrounding me, so I'll let you guys kind of pilot the uh, the discussion here. But nevertheless, yeah, I just wanted to apprise some folks on just some of the happenings within the high school tennis scene as the as the spring postseason is underway. Lots of uh, lots of our districts had their uh, their district tournaments last week, so we now have the the draws for regionals, which takes place in in a couple weeks, and then states like a month after that. That's yeah. always kind of confused me how that's how the UIL postseason works with state being one month after regionals. But yeah. nevertheless, yeah, we at least do know who is bound for regionals. So um, JT, you were covering some action out in District Six Six A. Got to see some of your uh, programs with Louisville ISD and Capel. I did. Square off so um, yeah what were just some of the takeaways from how uh, I'm how actually going to throw you a curveball and hit on 5A real quick wow go ahead yes. man wow real I did quick, not I see just, that just wanted to <laughs> yeah. touch on the colony real quick for sure for uh, sure I wasn't out there for this one but they did have a good showing out at the 8-5A tournament um Tate Nelson takes first in boys' singles to mm-hmm. move on. They have a mixed doubles team of Michael Milteen and Natalie Egger that move on. And then they have a couple doubles teams that finish second, mm-hmm. John Canavan and Ben Varghese and Kayla Russell and Serena Shaw and girls. So they're all going to regionals. Um, 
I guess one thing I just wanted to note on Tate Nelson, pretty excited for this guy because okay. he um, he caught, he finished uh, won the district championship last year, moves on to regionals and got sick and wasn't able to oh. compete in the regional tournament last year. That sucks. So nice for yeah. him to be able to win as a senior and, and get back there and get a chance Absolutely. to compete. Especially in his last year yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, so he'll be back there. I know talking to Coach Turnage, um, he thought Tate Nelson had a good chance to maybe get out and go to state last year. This year it's a little different region, mm-hmm. so he's not really familiar with the opponents quite as much in Region 1, but still sounds like uh, Nelson will have a good chance to maybe make some noise out at regionals and uh, out there in Lubbock and then get on to uh, the state possibly. Mm-hmm. But yes, 6-6A, I was out there on um, Thursday for the uh, championship rounds and everything and the playbacks and all that stuff, so pretty um, pretty competitive district just like in the... Uh, the team portion in the fall where it was you know four teams that were pretty competitive it was pretty similar um, so you have three schools that will be represented in regionals four teams had players you know get to the semifinals and move within a match mm-hmm. uh, five teams actually and so you have um, here's your winners you have Ryan Mockett from Marcus winning boys singles you have Coppell's uh, Justin Bone and Andrea Zernick winning boys doubles Marcus's Crystal Smith wins in girls singles. Capel's Suzuka, Suzuka Nishino and Ruchika Koala win in girls doubles. And Capel also took it in mixed doubles with Clark Parlier and Aishwara Kanan. Sorry about your first name pronunciation, Aishwara. <laughs> um, I'm doing my best. But yeah, congratulations to all of them getting first. Um, you have a sister tandem and our brother and sister tandem mm-hmm. from Flower Mound, the Batatellas getting out in mixed doubles, and then Isabella Ditzler and Katie Rousseau in mixed doubles, Evie Jones and girls singles from Hebron, and Hunter Ebler and John Pfeiffer from Flower Mound in boys doubles, and don't want to leave out Coppell's Matthew Abbey getting second mm-hmm. in boys singles, so lots of representation from all over the board there. Um, Ryan Mockett has a chance to really do something at regionals. Okay. He's a He's ranked in the top five in the state individually. Um, this is his first time getting out, out of district, actually, because, you know, the last couple of years there were with some really tough opponents from Southlake. So yeah. um, really talented player, just kind of hit some bad draws in the past couple of years, but he is moving on to regionals. Um, really didn't have any trouble at district. I think the most games he lost in a set was maybe, I think he went, went 0-0, 0-0, and then won in the final 6-2, 6-1. So he's rolling pretty good, and he's one to really kind of keep an eye on out there in uh at regionals out at uh, Arlington Tennis Center. Okay, uh, Brian, over in Frisco ISD. I mean, obviously Frisco ISD always is a fairly lively tennis scene at this mm-hmm. juncture of the season. Plus, I know Little Elm's got a pretty, uh, a pretty nice little standout player of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just yeah, what are some uh, I guess early observations on how how, uh, how the tennis postseason is unfolding in your uh, in your area? So, in the girls singles, boys singles, girls and boys doubles, and the mixed doubles, Frisco is so well represented that a different school won. In all five of those events, wow. and so five different you know schools will have players, uh, tennis players at the regionals. Uh, Kara Burns, she won the girls singles for for Wakeland. Uh, Nathan Cern, I'm going to not try and, and uh, butcher <laughs> these names. Also, Lebanon Trail, good showing, uh, boys singles. Mm-hmm. Um, as Asia Thagard and Jordan Lee, they won the girls doubles at Centennial. Sarvesh Ram and Yatin Pokul uh, won uh, the boys' doubles at Liberty. Liberty's been you know traditionally good year in and year out. Mm-hmm. And then at Reedy, Chloe Dix, a familiar name. She's been regional bound the last two years in some capacity. This year she's headed in mixed doubles with Pranav 
Jagannathan. Jagannathan. There we go. I think that's that's right there. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Pranav. I really should have just issued a, a disclaimer at the start of yeah. this just to apologize <laughs> for all of the butchered names. I've yet to meet you guys. I'm sure I'll meet y'all soon, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get those. We, we apologize get, we'll for get any those names mispronounced. <laughs> but yeah, the depth of, of Frisco ISD in, you know, in full display. Shout out to Wakeland, Lebanon Trail, Centennial. Uh, Liberty and Reedy, Lebanon Trail. I mean, we, we'll we'll talk about it uh, later. How in golf they had a good showing, mm-hmm. the girls girls golf uh, winning the the district title, and it's the same, you know, with with uh, boys and girls tennis really, uh, with plenty of people heading to to regionals there. So mm-hmm. Lebanon Trail, strong golf or strong tennis program in the making. You know, they don't have seniors just like in any other sports. So. Future's bright for Lebanon Trail as well. And then okay. you, you alluded to, to Little Elm, you know. There's death, there's taxes, and there's Ali Zim <laughs> making it to at least regionals. Those are three constants in life. And she's once again, you know, headed to the regional tournament uh, in tennis. She made it to state her sophomore and junior seasons. She had a, a, an intense showdown uh, with a freshman from Denton Broswell. Uh, and mm-hmm. she was down in those matches. And from what I've told, I have a friend who coaches at Braswell. He says that then Braswell girl is a stud. She's going to be, you know, something to mess with, you know, uh, not someone to mess with, I should say, in, in, in the near future. But, you know, Ali Zim was able to come back and beat her to punch her ticket mm-hmm. uh, to regionals. So she's nice and battle-tested, you know, headed to regionals. Hopefully another a third consecutive trip to state. Uh, is in is in line for Allie at Little Elm, and um, and for my uh, you know I had, a, I had a really busy week last week. Yeah. I was covering a little bit of all these things, but um, I did uh, Wednesday morning. I did make it a make some time to stop by Collin College for the finals for the District Nine Six A tennis tournament. District Nine Six A. I mean, when you think of you know just tennis in, in my neck of the woods, Allen and Plano West mm-hmm. are two of the most credential programs in the Metroplex. You know, West is. I mean, they're always making deep playoff runs, and um, sure enough, they always tend to have I know, some. I know my teams are happy to see them in region. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's they certainly will clog up some spots at the at the yeah. regional tournaments. Um, so yeah, I mean the first thing that you notice when you you know when you get there for the finals of the District Nine Six A tournament, of the five um, divisions, four of them were teammate versus teammate matches. Yeah, wow. And that is such a like it happens. You get maybe one or two a year and stuff, but to have four out of five, I mean, it speaks to just I mean, you know, just some of the uh, I mean, again, Allen and Plano West. You know, mm-hmm. Allen had you know the uh, teammate versus teammate finals in boys uh, singles and girls singles. Uh, Plano West had it in uh, in boys doubles and uh, not boys doubles, but I'm um, just uh, just girls doubles. Um, but it's it is such a weird dynamic when you think of the teammate versus teammate thing because like you don't really like tennis in the fall you know when they have team tennis season tennis is kind of a very underrated like fun atmosphere during the fall because of just how energized everybody Mm -hmm. gets when you have the team aspect in play everybody you know when you finish one match everybody goes to root on their teammates at another match it's Mm -hmm. always cool like if you ever get a match that comes down to what is it like nine 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 and you have one last match on the court to determine the overall winner yeah. And you get both teams are just flanking or just surrounding the mm-hmm. court, just going nuts after every point. It is a really cool atmosphere. Um, you don't necessarily get that in the spring because it's more about the individuals. Yeah. But to have that teammate versus teammate dynamic thrown into it, I mean, it was honestly like it kind of felt a little awkward just being there. Because yeah. if you're a coach, 
you can't really coach during these matches. Yeah, you, you can't really, like, you can't, because that's the thing. Like, coaches are going out in between, you know, sets and stuff and just giving their players mm-hmm. as much coaching as they can, you know, just in between, giving them as much advice as they can. But obviously, if it's, you know, you've two of your players are going against each other, you can't really say anything to, like, kind of yeah. correct their, you know, one's approach versus the other, because you, you kind of just have to sit back and just be a neutral bystander. I guess you just got to hope there's no play off, playbacks possible mm-hmm. and that both your guys are moving on regardless of the result anyway, I yeah. guess. So. And then in the crowd, like, you can't really, you know, you yeah. can't really cheer for one player over the other. You're saying after, like, if there was any like applause or whatever, it was always like directed to both players. Like, good job, good you two. Yeah, yeah, good rally. Yeah, I mean, so it was. Uh, yeah, it just kind of made for a very bizarre dynamic. And um, and there's also like you, you don't think of just what is, what the action on the court is actually like because these are players that they see each other every day in practice. Yeah. This is far from the first time that they've uh, that they've yeah. squared off. And like, there's. I mean, obviously these players are all competitors, and especially when you're going against somebody that you know so yeah. well. I mean, one of the coaches I was talking with during the match, he's like, I just hope they can be friends after yeah. this. Well, I know in mine there was a playback between two Flower Mound doubles teams mm-hmm. and. It was definitely just a lot of chit-chat and conversation. They didn't seem to, uh, there was no ill will towards each other playing in this one. They were both, you know, one of us is going to move on. Let's just have some fun playing like we always do. And fortunately for um, another rarity, there were no playbacks at the district tournament. So everybody... Mine (laughs) mine had playbacks in every match but one. Oh yeah, talking to another one of the coaches, that's the first time that he can recall that ever happening in the uh, the Plano Allen district. um, But nevertheless... Maybe maybe your coaches are just better at seeding. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as those who did win district championships, you know, you did have on the the single side, you had Allen, um, Andrew Swenson, and that was a nice nice story for him. Very redemptive feeling. He was um, was seeded number one in boys singles last year but was playing injured for the start of the postseason that kind of caught up to him at the at the district tournament uh, clean bill of health and he is able to win the boys singles draw uh, this time around on the girls side another Allen versus Allen matchup um, Elodie Richard winning the district title there and um, over in doubles you had Plano Senior um, you know showing some love uh, two brothers uh, Andrew and Benjamin McDonald um, you know they get the win in boys doubles Plano West um, Estefania Hernandez and Kylie Shannon they win girls doubles and then in mixed doubles. Keep an eye on this team. Plano West as well. Caden Mortgad and Emma Jenner. A combined four years of state tournament experience between them in the springtime. Um, Emma Jenner, who um, who actually won a state title in the spring as part of girls doubles last year, and um, I believe made it to the state tournament as a sophomore when she was playing for McKinney Boyd. Um, and then Caden Mortgad has made it to state. You know, his uh, his first two years of varsity as well. Um, you know, that's, that is a mixed doubles team that has a, the potential to do some damage. They got a potential to show really well at regionals and get to, you know, get down to um, College Station, um, you know, Coach uh, Head Coach Morgan Walker said that that's kind of where they wanted to. You know, they're going to take aim at trying to win, uh, you know, win mixed doubles this year. So they put their number one boy, number one girl, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, they just rolled through the district slate. So should be, um, yeah, should be fascinating to see what's in store for uh, for Plano West and Allen for as well and Plano. I mean, it's it's a district that you know tends to fare pretty well at regionals, and this was in Region One where you have you know your your South Lakes and yeah. your Capels and like. So um, it'll be a different, a bit of a different landscape. You know, I mean. You saw during the postseason in the fall just how strong that region was with you yeah. know with round I forget the other uh, round Westwood it was Round Rock yeah. Westwood that wound up doing great but you have Vandegrift's great um, the Woodlands is always strong I mean that's not a a region that should be lacking in any quality competition come regionals but um, yeah. yeah that'll be uh, taking place down in Waco I believe in a couple weeks and um, I don't know were there any other notes you guys yeah, want to add I just add? had one more follow up on the colony I sure. forgot to mention this um, I know they only finished second the team of John Canavan and Ben Varghese but it, this is pretty crazy. So, their semifinals match to get to the championship match, they were actually down 5 0 in the third set. 
and came all the way back from 5-0 in the third set to win the set to get to the mm. championship match, and then obviously now they're moving on to regionals. So that's just a, I mean, that's like the equivalent of being down like 28 nothing in the third quarter of a football game or something. Or 28 to three in yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, pretty uh, pretty improbable comeback by that duo to mm. to get out and get their regional spot there. Awesome. Yeah, there's some very clutch play right there by those uh, yeah. those two uh, those two Cougars. So um, yeah, that is a uh, I guess a rundown of just kind of where things are at as far as our um, our local tennis programs as the postseason rolls along in the tennis courts. Uh, still got one more sport to touch on. We'll do a quick line change and talk some golf in a moment. Well, welcome back. As you can see, we've switched things up here. So uh, I'm Justin Thomas, Denton County sports reporter, and I'm being joined by Brian Murphy, our Frisco guy, and Taylor Raglan, who does Allen and Lake Cities and mm -hmm. Plano. So we're going to continue talking on some of the uh, individual spring sports here, and right now we're going to focus a little bit on golf. Uh, not everything has wrapped up in terms of district tournaments. I know the uh, 85A boys will be out there this week. Yep. But... Um, I know, especially in 6A, and Brian, some of your teams are all uh, locked up with their regional berths clinched and everything, so mm -hmm. let's see how everything uh, has gone so far for some of our local teams. Um, Taylor, you want to start in 8-5A and uh, yeah. touch on the uh, the girls' tournament that has been completed? Yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, the, the Lake Dallas girls last year in 14-5A, um, Lake Dallas actually swept runner-up finishes in boys and girls last year. Obviously, the boys, you know, <laughs> the time we were recording this, we don't know, but uh, the, the girls... Um, to back that up with yet another runner-up finish. Uh, they were really kind of pushed by... There's basically two two girls that kind of really helped Lake Dallas and Spearhead their effort. Uh, Carolina Kisiak, um, the coach's daughter, Joseph Kisiak, and mm -hmm. Samantha Friday, uh, both played really well. Um, you know, shot in the low 80s uh, both days, but, you know, head coach Joseph Kisiak said that, you know, there were a couple holes here and there that they could have shot even better. Um, and it was really... Well, I guess have, they could have put Tiger Woods on the team, and I don't think they would have cut Justin Northwest at the yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah, no, that Justin Northwest shot a what? Yeah, six oh four. Six oh four. They won it by one hundred and ten <laughs> shots. Yeah, so it, uh, it it wouldn't have mattered. But um, Lake Dallas did need to outpace the Colony, who ended yeah. up getting uh, third, and I believe it was by like twenty five strokes. So yeah. a pretty healthy um, you know lead for second place. But I think a lot of it came down to um, kind of the role players and and the girls that uh, play underneath Carolina and Samantha because they're going to have you know, decent uh, outings every time they go out. I mean, they're not always going to shoot in the 70s, but they're going to, you know what you're going to get with them. So then it becomes, you know, especially in districts like this where it's all pretty even, um, you know, it, it becomes uh, about who else is going out there and, and scoring. And, and Anastasia White, especially for Lake Dallas, um, you know, shot a, a 187. That helped a lot. Shot an 84 uh, in round one, which was uh, really good for her. Um, and then they had Caroline Puig shoot 104-94 uh, to, to help out as well. So, you know, not a super strong uh, district overall outside yeah. of uh, Northwest Lake Dallas and the Colony. It kind of falls off a little bit from there. Um, yeah. You know, Denton, I think, was next closest with an 816. So, you know, almost another 100 strokes yeah, or whatever. Pretty, but, pretty clear cut top yeah. three there. But, um, yeah, so Lake Dallas goes through as a team. But I know you, you had a couple yeah, of girls from the Colony. Colony did. They settled for third, but they did get a couple injure, uh, individuals, I should say. Um, one of them has been to regionals before a couple times. That's Haley Yarbrough. She finished sixth. She had a very solid back-to-back um, -back rounds for the uh, Lady Cougars to get in there. Um, I believe she had rounds of 82 and 82, I think. And then... Um, the one I really wanted to touch on was they had a freshman that qualified, Chloe Ho, and she shot a 92 on the first round. She was um, 
consecutive 83s for Haley Yarbrough, by the way, to get sixth. Um, she ends up finishing eighth. She shoots 92 on the first round, so she's four shots back of, you know, being in contention. Right. And then she ends up shooting at 81 on the second wow. day. So she dropped 12 strokes off, and she ends up gaining in by four strokes. So it wasn't even that really that close for her. So the Colony will have a couple of individuals headed out there as well. Brian, how about you? How's your uh, Frisco schools looking in the, their 5A tournament? Northwest shot a 604. 604, yeah. Wait till we get to 96A and you see what, what Plano West shot, both boys and girls. God, that would have that won in the Frisco district for girls. Yeah. If you, all right, so if y'all were to guess, out of the, the Frisco schools, you know, ones that come to mind that are traditionally good at you know, most sports, well, who would you think ran away with the girls' golf title this year? Man, I don't it's know. not who I you would just guess. Wakeland. I, I was going to say if you offer me, yeah, if you offer me like any Frisco, Liberty's been traditionally yeah. good in girls golf. Lebanon Trail, wow, and they won big. They won. They they shot a six fourteen. Uh, the next closest score was Centennial, your alma mater, with a six thirty seven. So you know Lebanon Trail, they are coming off a year last year when they were in four A with just freshmen and sophomores. They were the state runner up. So they had this young talent, Madison Fung, you know, leading the way. She shot a 145. She she finished second overall uh, in this tournament. But what's almost even more newsworthy than Lebanon Trail winning, you know, the district title in their first year in that Frisco district is Liberty not making it to regionals. Wow. Because they've been a state qualifier from 2014 to 2018. Not a regional wow. qualifier, yeah. a state qualifier. Yeah. And they met, they they got third. By one stroke, man. Uh, golf is tough. golf is tough because you know to get out of your district, even you got to be top two teams. I yeah. mean, if you just have a couple bad days, I mean, golf's such a fickle sport yeah. anyway. Like it, it's and especially when you have a ten team district, especially, yeah. especially in a district as strong as like Frisco or some of the ones yeah. six six yeah. a, which will I'm sure nine six a. I mean nine we'll six a, a, yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah, Lebanon Trail, no seniors on the team. They're you know their best their, their best players are juniors. I don't see why they wouldn't you know do some damage. Yeah, win the regionals and. The years to come, but yeah, big shout out to uh, the Lady Trailblazers. I'm sorry to sorry to Liberty. I mean, I feel like I've done a story over Liberty Girls Golf each each spring, and then this yep. year it's going to be kind of weird, you know, yeah, <laughs> not being even at the regional tournament. So yep. it's tough, though. It's tough. We spoke. We just spoke about nine six A and six six A, and how. I guess just kind of as a precursor, some of those, as you were kind of alluding to, some of those districts are so strong that where. Somebody's left out that would definitely be oh, yeah. one of the top teams in the region. You know, like talking to some of my coaches and six six eight girls. You know, it seems to be a four team race for three spots, where oh, it's yeah. three team race for two spots in district. So, yeah, um, how did things shake up at nine six eight for you guys? Man, it was um, a dominant performance on both sides. I know you had from, a long a long day out there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a, it was a long day for the girls especially. But you know, on, on both the boys and the girls sides. Um, Plano West, man. I mean, uh, you want to talk about you know Liberty being a kind of a perennial power. Um, West the same way. You know, West is usually very good at these spring sports. Um, you know, tennis, golf, uh, stuff like that. But but man, it was a it was a different level uh, this year for Plano West. The boys shot a five seventy six uh, to win their wow. their district championship, and the girls shot a five sixty six to win their district championship. So you know, you think six oh four is crazy for just oh, Northwest? Are they playing executive I mean, courses out there? <laughs> that's another it's another forty strokes off of that. So yeah, yeah it was that's impressive. Pretty much wire to wire, um, start to finish, and the runner up was McKinney Boyd on both sides too. So really, no surprises at all um, on either side of nine six eight. As far as you know, the two teams; those teams are always very good. Uh, boys, girl, boy, girls made state last year. If I recall, 
Yeah, yeah, and they shot it. I mean, McKinney Boyd, second place, shot a five ninety five in the girls. So I mean, it, yeah, it's you're really talking about districts where that would win a lot of districts. You have to be perfect. You you basically have to shoot under par as a team or close to even have a shot. Um, and and on the boys' side, it was five seventy six, five ninety eight for Boyd mm-hmm. uh, underneath Plano West. Um, West also had both individual winners, uh, Davis Fritz for the boys uh, and Michelle Zhang for the girls. Um, and that's kind of an interesting story on the girls' side. I mean, the boys' side, it's more of kind of, you know, they lose the Cootie twins, who are both now playing at Texas. Um, you know, talk about pretty cool to, to have your yeah. twin brother and both get recruited to Texas and go. They're already playing and, and doing well there. But So with their absence, it's kind of been a little bit of a... Um, you don't want to call West an underdog, but in their minds especially, you know, people have been kind of saying that they take a step back without the cooties to kind of lean on and, and all that kind of thing. So I think it was kind of a statement for them to come out and, and win district, uh, especially by as many strokes as they did, uh, to get the individual champion and, and all that good stuff. So, you know, they win district. Davis Fritz uh, wins the championship. Uh, Prosper, actually, Marco... Punzo, I believe, is probably how you say his name. Sorry if I got that wrong. And Matteo Trevino from Jesuit um, are the two individual uh, qualifiers on the boys' side. Um, And on the girls' side, uh, the individual qualifiers, again, prosper uh, in fourth place with Haley Moore. But then Megan Winans, uh, who, if you remember last season, Libby Winans, her older older sister, excuse me, who now plays at OU, uh, won district regional state all the way through, swept everything. So see if there's maybe a, a repeat performance from a Winans there. But... Yeah, the West the West girls in particular were really kind of buoyed by I think they got three girls come in, one at this semester and, and two in the fall that, that all scored and were all part yeah. of their top four. So yeah, that's head coach Rick Harrison said it's been a while since they dominated both like that, but you know, expecting obviously some, some good things from them at regionals. So we'll see. I had some pretty tight uh, tournaments as well out in six six A out at Oakmont Country Club in Corinth. Um, a couple weeks ago was the girls, and this was a really tight one. So Flower Mound wins the championship. They shoot 607. Capel gets second at 609, and Hebron misses out with 611. So they were just four shots in back of waning it. They end up getting third and missing out, but they do get two individuals. Um, really cool story. Freshman Simran Shaw, she has an older sister, Serena, who's playing at SMU now. She was a former regional champion, state qualifier yeah. individually. So her younger sister, Simran, comes in as a freshman and wins the district championship. Wow. Seems like there's a lot of that in golf, for whatever reason. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. a lot of it's family. A family yeah. Yeah. yeah, but very strong performance from her. Talking to Coach Campbell at Hebron, not, nothing that was really unexpected. You know, she and senior Jenny Park had kind of been going yeah. you know, the top two. She, Simran had never actually beaten Jenny in a tournament until this, uh, until this one. So Jenny is the senior. She ends up needing to win in a playoff. To uh, She lost to Simran by two strokes, gets in a tie um, with a Marcus competitor. They have to go to a playoff, mm-hmm. and Jenny Park gets a birdie on the third playoff hole to win the play-in to get her at-large spot. So, um, big feat for Jenny because she's a senior. She's been to state all three years. She made right. it as a, with the team as a freshman and as an individual the last two years, so she gets to go to regionals and try to make it four for four making state. So, yep. um, But yeah, the story was the Flower Mound girls. They pulled it off. It's the first time they've ever won the uh, a team district championship in golf. They're a very experienced team, and they were able to pull it off with a uh, 607. So pretty good score. They had um, Lauren Crystal got fourth, Piper Frisbee sixth, Brooke Dishman ninth, her sister Kate Dishman ninth, and Allie Barr. So they had four of the top ten. So, And then the other team that's going is Coppell and pretty cool thing about Coppell is they do not have one upperclassman on their team. Their entire team is wow. all freshmen and sophomores, so hmm. 
to come into a district as competitive this with Hebron and Marcus and to get out and get to regionals without an, an upperclassman on your roster is pretty impressive for them. Yep. I guess kind of one of the other stories with, with golf is regional sites moving around, and obviously that's, you know, important in golf because, yeah. you know, you're playing courses maybe that some of your players haven't seen or whatever, and there's a lot of that, especially in, in my coverage area. You know, 96A um, being in Region 2 now has to go to Waco. You know, for uh, for their regionals and and eight five a, you know, instead of being around here somewhere, they draw all the way out in Lubbock now. Yeah. So it, it definitely affects. I Go feel to like Rawls Golf Course. Yeah, it definitely affects who can advance and, and the travel and, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. It's a it's a weird scenario, but we'll six, see. Six six a actually lucks out. They get to go out to Tangle Ridge and Grand Prairie there, so not too bad. Yep. Um, real quick, just to touch on the six six a boys that went down last week as well. Um, Flower Mound got their first district title. Hebron boys get their first dif- district title at the 6A level. They won one before when they were a 4A team. They shoot 592 to win the uh, 6-6A championship. Um, really tight race for second and third between rivals Marcus and Flower Mound. It ends up going Marcus's way. Flower Mound uh, follows at 6-10. They just miss out. Tough luck for Flower Mound. They have a key player that <coughs> had to withdraw after nine holes on the last round. Um, he would have had to just shoot an 81 that would have got far oh, wow. now, but yeah. he had to withdraw, so they have to go to their fifth score. It didn't quite get it done. Um, talking to Coach Bailey over there, you know, 81 sounds like something he would have been able to do right. quite easily. But, um, you know, injuries and illnesses happen in all sports, and it seems like it's more rare in golf, but it uh, happened this year. And so Marcus takes advantage, and the big thing here was coming to the last hole. Marcus shoots two under par on the last hole. Wow. Flower Mount Five, four golfers shoot five over on Oof. the last hole, so a seven-shot swing on the last hole. Oh, yeah, that's your difference right there. Marcus yep. in by four strokes over Flower Mound. Um, but like on the girls' side, Flower Mound um, gets shut out of the team, but they still have both individuals going with <coughs> Andrew Bailey and... Um, sorry, drawing, uh, drawing a blank on the second guy's name right now. <laughs> um, Someone. I'm trying to find it in my story. <laughs> Someone, <did. Yeah. laughs> Someone got in, but... Um, I mean, he'll be in the regional story. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Schaffner. There you go. Sorry about that, Daniel. But yeah, they You're shoot about one, to get a mean email. Yeah. Daniel, <laughs> yeah. one, Andrew Zobel shoots 145 or 149, and Daniel shoots 150. So they both get in individually, finishing seventh and eighth. But um, Hebron and Marcus will be the teams. Marcus heading back. They made state two years ago. Last year, they didn't make uh, even get out of district. So good to see Coach Gable and them heading back to regionals this year. Yep, absolutely. And I think that'll about do it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us here on this uh, Thursday edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast, and you will catch us next week. I'm guessing we'll be looking possibly at some teams in the state soccer tournament. We'll see what happens this weekend. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.